77b, and we are four lines from the bottom. The well, the spring that comes out from the Kedesh HaKadoshim, the Holy of Holies. At the beginning, when it comes out, it is very um, uh, it's soft, soft flow. And it is similar to the horns of Chagavim, of grasshoppers. In other words, it's very small. Once it reaches the entrance into the Hechal, into the tent of meeting, and now it's become as wide as the chut, as the thread of the, the shasi is the warp, right? Which is, I guess, thinner than the woof. Once it reaches the ulam, right? The entryway, the, that, uh, you know, the hole leading into the, um, into the oil of the mohed and the kodesh, the holies. Then becomes as wide as the woof thread. Once it reaches the entrance into the temple itself, and an actual temple courtyard, then becomes as large as the mouth of a small jug. And that, and that is what we learned in a Mishnah. Rabbi Mishnah says, The Mayan, the, the, um, the spring, is going, is, in the future it will come from underneath the Miftan of the house, the Kedesh, right? The temple. From there on, it gets larger and larger. Until it reaches the entrance of the house of King David. Nasa, and then at that point, Nasa can nachal shaitiv. And at that point, it becomes as a, as a, it's a uh, river or a spring, or sorry, not a, a stream that is swiftly flowing. And in that, men and women who have either a zav situation or a zavas situation, which is some sort of a disease, a nida or a yeledes or a woman who has had a child, all these people are impure, and all of them can go to the mikvah in this spring. On that day, there will be an, an opening that will be opened up into the house of David, and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, for the sake of a chatas, which is the para'aduma, and for the sake of a nida, for someone who needs, a, who needs to go into the water for, um, you know, to go to the mikvah to become ritually pure. Here that a woman who's a nida has to sit up until the water has to reach her neck. That's how high the water has to be. However, we don't pass like him. We pass like him as long as the water is sufficient for the woman to be completely dunked underneath it, that itself is enough. And even if the water itself is not a specific height, as long as it is enough water at the end of the day for her to get fully immersed, then that is enough. Shabbos, the Ikeminal Mai. So this is all talking about Yom Kippur. The whole conversation we've been having until now is on Yom Kippur, or you're allowed to go into the water. But Shabbos, that you're wearing a sandal and, and that you are not a sandal, maybe perhaps we should be more concerned that it'll end up coming off. Are you allowed to wear that into the water? who was the son-in-law of the exilarch. I saw that Rabami and Rabasi, they reached a, uh, you know, a pool of water. And they went in across with still wearing shoes on their feet. This works if they're wearing a minnow, their shoes. Sandal, what about when you're wearing sandals? Now, sandals are not put on as tightly as shoes. Their shoes were not as concerned that perhaps they might fall off and you'll have to carry it without an error. But a sandal, perhaps you should be more concerned because a sandal, indeed, is not as tightly laced. She says, I saw that Ravina actually did cross the river. And he was wearing sandals. 
Rashi, Rashi says, Indeed, he says, okay, although he did it, ideally, from, you know, initially, once you're not cross wearing sandals, out of, indeed, there should be a little bit of a concern that perhaps the sandals will, um, sandal will fall off and you will come to carry it. Rish Galusa Ikla Lehagrainia, the Rish Galusa comes to Hagrainia, the Bayer of Nasa, the house of Nasa. Rafram, the Pura, Badan, Asulapirka. Rafram and all the other sages are coming to hear his Drasha, right? His, his Vartaira that he wants to say. Ravina Lay Asa. Ravina did not come. Lamacha, Bay Rafram, Lafuke, the Ravina, Midaiti, the Rish Galusa. So Rafram realized that the next day when Ravina comes to learn that the Rish Galusa, that the Exilarch is going to be annoyed at him. Why didn't you come yesterday? I was coming to say Taira. Why did you miss it? So what does Rafram do? Rafram's a very smart man. Amalei, so he says to Ravina, my time, Amalei, also, Marla Perke, why did you not come to the Drasha yesterday, the sermon? Amalei, so he says to him, my foot was hurting me. You should have put shoes on. The place where my foot was hurting is the back of my foot. You should have put sandals on. They wouldn't have hurt you. There was a pool of water on the way, and therefore I couldn't wear these sandals because they would end up like, coming off on, on Chavez. She should have worn them, and, and then it wouldn't have been a problem. Do you not hold of that which Ravashi teaches? That ideally, one should not cross the river wearing a sandal, and that's why it didn't come yesterday. So therefore, the Reish Galusa, the Exilarch, he was appeased why it was that Ravina had not come to learn yesterday. Then Yehuda says, by Gregor's, you're not allowed to sit on ground that is a little bit wet on your kipper. This is only true when it is Tina, when it's some sort of a mud that's actually going to make you wet if you're sitting on it. And it's only true when it's wet enough that it'll actually make other people wet. If you sit on it, your wetness will be enough to actually make something else wet. Right? What's the, the concern over here is that this is similar to the idea of washing. However, you are allowed to cool yourself off on Yom Kippur by sitting on fruit. Yehuda indeed would take a kara, a gourd, and would pull himself off with the gourd. Rabba mitzdana be yanuka. Rabba would would uh, cool himself off with the yanuka. Rabba mitzdana be kisa de kaspa. Rabba would pull himself off with the silver cup. Amar Papa, kisa de kaspa male aser chaser shari. It's it's all forbidden if it will be full, but if it's empty or missing, then it is permitted. The pachra idi, but if it's made out of idi aser, but if it's made out of um, earthenware, then indeed it will be forbidden whether it has water inside or not. Mishum, why is it forbidden if it has if it's made out of um, earthenware? Mishum, the mishchal shachil, because it, the um, the water can come out through the cracks, and therefore it is forbidden to use those under all circumstances to cool yourself off, whether it has water inside of it right now or whether it doesn't. It is forbidden to you. Okay, so no papa amar. He said the kaspa chaser nami He says even a silver one that's missing water is still forbidden. Misham demizdarik because it end up you might end up causing it to spill, and if it spills, the water will spill on you, and that is not permitted to be in water on paper. He was the the host of, of these different great rabbis. He tukulu rabban and the kisri have it, and all the rabbis of Kasaria were all there learning. The son of a great of a lion, right? Which is a euphemism, an idiom for saying someone whose father was a great Talmud Chacham. Let me tell you something great that your father used to do. You would have a mitbachas, you would have a towel, an Arabian kipper. He would soak it in water. And then he would squeeze it out so that it'll become like a dry vessel. And then the next day he would use it to wipe 
down his body, but it was basically dry. If it was too wet, it would have been a problem. Erev Tishabav, right? On Erev Tishabav, a similar idea. What would he do? On Erev Tishabav, he would shayra isubamayim, he would soak it in water. And the next day, he would rub it on his eyes or pass it over his eyes. Thank you, Asa Rabbi Bar-Mari. And so too, when Rabbi Bar-Mari said, Amar, he would say, Erev, and then the next day, he would wash his face, hands, and feet. And he would dip it, soak it into water. And he would make it into a dry vessel by wringing it out. And then the next day, he would pass it in front of his eyes. You really should have told us the opposite way. Right? In other words, the reason why it had to be is because you can't wring out a towel on Yom Kippur. If you wring out a towel on Yom Kippur, it is the equivalent of schita, of squeezing out something, and not permitted to be done. So it must be that on Yom Kippur, he would squeeze it out the day before, and Tishbav, he would squeeze it out on Tishbav. Shalos Rabbi Eliezer, they asked Rabbi Eliezer, Zakei miyeshev yeshiva, tzarach lito v'shos lahater v'chayres e'enet tzarach. He had a scholar, right? Who was a, someone who was a learning in the base measures, right? And is he allowed to be matir, right? Permit a bachar, right? If you have a bachar, that means a firstborn animal. He has a first, somebody has a firstborn animal, and that firstborn animal, right, has now become blemished. Who makes the determination if it's become blemished? Somebody who's learning in yeshiva and knows the halacha, is he sufficient? Does he need to get permission from the exilarch before he makes this ruling, or does he not need permission? What was the Gemara asking? This is what he was asking. They left this in the hands of the family of the prince, so as he would have like a certain distinction above the rest of the Jewish people that he would have the permission. And Sarah Lito was just, so therefore, do we say he has to take permission? Perhaps since he is an elderly and he is a member of the yeshiva, he does not need to take permission. If he knows the halacha, what's considered a blemish that will render it permitted as a firstborn? Then says, Stands up, he was an elderly man learning in the yeshiva. And he was even greater than the grandfather of this person. Who's this person? Rabbi Yehuda Nesia, who was the grandson of Rabbi Yehuda, Anasi, who was the editor of the mission. Yet still he asked for permission to permit, uh, you know, firstborn animals that they have become blemished. This is really the story. He was a The discussion was like this. When you have a firstborn animal that has become blemished, guess what happens to that animal? It goes to a kayin. So Reza ben Zimra was saying, listen, as a kayin, am I permitted to render an animal permissible to kahanim? Or do we say that, no, I'm not okay. That's not okay for me to do that because since I am a kayin, maybe I have negias. Maybe I have um, a bias, right? Maybe I have an, a, a vested interest in declaring it permitted. Do we say halachas like Rameir says that if somebody is suspected concerning a specific matter, he's not allowed to paskin, he's not allowed to rule on it, he's also not allowed to bear testimony about it. Or perhaps we say, perhaps we say that halachas like Rameir that says that he is believed on something regarding his friend, but in not believed on something regarding himself. And we indeed, the halacha is like Rishim that he's believed as long as it's not regarding something that is his. 
So as long as he's a Kayin, he's allowed to paskin based on his uh, understanding of what's considered a blemish, and that's still okay. And then they also asked more than this. They asked Rabbi Lezer. What is the halacha? The sandal. Are you allowed to go with a sandal? So Are you allowed to wear a sandal made out of bamboo on Yom Kippur? Turning the page now to 78b and Chesimah base. Once again, stands up on his feet. And he says, Any reason lady? She got to the sandal Shasham Yom Kippur. Indeed, I saw Rishub and Levi going out with the bamboo sandal on Yom Kippur. And I told him, What about on a Tainas Zebra, a public fast day? It doesn't make a difference. I saw Lezer from, from uh, sorry, from Ninbei. who went out even on the Tainas Zebra fast day wearing a bamboo sandal. I mean, I said to me, what about Yom Kippur? Is it also permitted to wear these bamboo sandals? Amarle Lishnai says no difference permitted. Rehuda Nafik Bitteritani. So Rehuda went out Bitteritani, right, using um, sandals that are made out of like uh, some sort of uh, reeds. Abaya Nafik Bitteritani. Abaya went out wearing sandals made from from like some sort of a, the, like the palm, not the actual palm branches, it wouldn't be so comfortable, but I guess some sort of like the interior, like the fiber of the palm branches. Rabba Nafek bid Dibli. Rabba went out with also some sort of sandal made out of vegan materials. Rabba Baravuna Karaf Sudra Akare. Rabba tied a sudra, a handkerchief around his feet. The Nafek and he went out. Masabroim Bacham Rabba Bacham asked the question. Akita Yates of a Kapshle. If someone is Akita, someone is an amputee, he's allowed to go out wearing his artificial foot. Divi Rabbi Meir, that's where Meir says, Yes, 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 that's forbidden. Natanila, and they said about this, Vishav and Shahasra Lutzis by Bimikur. And everybody agrees that it's forbidden to go out with this onion kipper. Because the reason, um, even though it's not considered to be a, an actual shoe, you're still not allowed to go out on Yom Kippur. So the Gemara thinks to assume that from here you should be able to learn that also the sandal made out of sham, out of bamboo, also should be forbidden on Yom Kippur. I'm going to buy a hasam to espake if he's the case over there why it's forbidden for him to go out with his leg, his prosthetic on Yom Kippur, is because there's these katisim, there are pads in it to cushion his, his, uh, you know, his stump. And the reason why it's forbidden is because of tainik, because it's too much comfort. Right? It's not something that's appropriate. Right? One second. If it's not considered to be a, a mana, if it's not considered to be something significant, then why will the katisin make it into something? And also, who told you that anything that's pleasurable on Yom Kippur is forbidden? It doesn't say that. If it's not shoes, it's not shoes. But Rabbi Baravuna have a karaf was a great and yet still he, he tied around the handkerchief and he went out. And furthermore, from that which we learned in the Sefer, if something, if this leg has a, 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 a chamber in which it's able to accept something, made out of pads, tummy, it, is, it is, uh, becomes able to become tummy. So we see that the first case is not dealing with a leg that actually has the pads. And still we said in the first case, it's forbidden. So why is it forbidden if there's no pads to question his leg? Everybody agrees that it is similar to, it is, that is not a what's name. Um, that it is a, this leg, right, is actually considered to be a shoe. And Shabbos, so the argument is like this. Mara says, we are therefore concerned that perhaps it might fall off. And therefore, even though it is a shoe, we're still concerned that it might fall off your company carry it. That's you, Dalat Amos, my company carry it for Amos in public domain. The other one says we are not concerned. And since it is considered to be a shoe, practically speaking, you're allowed to walk with it on, on uh, Shabbos without an ear. We learned in a tinak, someone who's beneath the age of 
12 or 13 on a Torah level is permitted in all of the Chamishi Inuyin except for wearing shoes. What's the problem with wearing shoes? What's the problem with wearing shoes? Because people would say, The concern is that perhaps people will say that someone else put the shoe on for them. Well, we should be concerned about the other four as well, that perhaps someone did, an adult did this for them who's forbidden to do this. It's impossible to tell when you're looking at someone, when did they have their bath? They were bathed recently, but were they bathed before Yom Kippur or on Yom Kippur itself? Right? So even if they're not forbidden to, to wash themselves, but presumably an adult was involved. And if the assumption would be that if an adult is involved, people will be concerned, perhaps an adult is involved. And then there'll be uh, a Marisai and then an adult got them bathed or, or anointed on Yom Kippur. Well, well, you, no, that's not true because you would just assume it happened yesterday. Well, sandal nami, emami atmalabdile with the sandal. Also, you should say perhaps there was, the shoes were put on yesterday, not in Yom Kippur. Sandal lay afshid me atmalabdile. Sandal doesn't make sense to say that perhaps they were put on yesterday. The Amr Shmuel, Shmuel says, Haiman the boy, the metam taima de mit mitusa, the siam imisane viligmi. If someone wants to taste the taste of uh, a little bit of a taste of death, then let him put his shoes on and go to sleep in them. So no one would have put shoes on before Yom Kippur and then have them wear them overnight. So someone's wearing shoes during the day, it must be that an adult put them on them. What do you mean? We said that they're permitted. What's your big concern? Rather, it's like the things which are not compared to their, um, nothing to do with them helping them grow, then the Chachamim were not going to be geyser. I'm sorry, they would be geyser. The things that are necessary for their health, right? To wash and anoint them, and therefore it was permitted for a regular person to eat. His mother told him, who was his mother? His mother was his nursemaid. His mother died in childbirth. When you want to try to figure out what the proper way of treating children are, you have to wash them in warm water and then rub them with oil afterwards. If he grew a little bit, then you should feed him an egg together with kutcha, right? Kutcha, we learned in the past, is this uh, some sort of a uh, soured milk and uh, some breadcrumbs and, and salt and other spices, and that's what, good food to help him grow. Godal Porta, if he grew up even more, taburi money, then you should allow him to break uh, vessels, vessels made out of clay, okay? Why? Because that will help get rid of his, uh, you know, his, uh, his adolescent energy, prepubescent energy. He had the rabba zavin lehumani, because he said, like rabba who would buy, rabba would buy these, uh, these vessels made out of clay, and he'd buy them already half broken, so then his children could play with it and break them, which really, they would break them. We said that the king and the bride could wash their faces. Who's our Mishnah? Who's the author of our Mishnah? He must be the Ben Tanya, we learned that They're not allowed to wash their faces. Even on Yom Kippur, the king and a bride are not allowed to wash their faces. They are permitted to wash their faces. The woman, after giving birth to a child, is not allowed to put on her sandal. She is permitted to put on a sandal. My time was the reason. Melech, why is he permitted to wash his face? Your eyes should be able to see the king in, in his full beauty. My time, why is a bride allowed to wash her face? That she will not become uh, you know, uh, repulsive to her new husband. Up until when is this true? How long does she have? She's allowed to wash her face. If he says back to him, get a Do not take back the adornments from a kala for the entire 30 days after her wedding. The woman after childbirth can put on shoes, even on Yom Kippur, to make sure that she does not get a cold. 
or if it is a concern that perhaps to be a scorpion is permitted for everyone, not just a, a woman who has recently given birth, to start wearing shoes, even on Yom Kippur, if there's a concern that a scorpion might come bite you otherwise. Okay, finished with this uh, blog.